Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Hey, we are join, uh, starting a new series this morning on the Lord's Prayer, and I hope you picked up one of these, as Jay said, and they're out in the lobby, pick one of these up to, to work through and, and start a group, get in a group, uh, maybe grab a coffee group, you know, two or three of you guys get together and discuss this, use the pamphlet as a guide or the questions that I put that are on the back of your handout where there's a fill in, you can take those and then we get the most out of these times if we indeed work together and we talk about it and we kind of chew over what we're learning and uh, this, the Lord's Prayer, there's probably... Most likely not anybody here who has not heard this prayer. Uh, if you haven't prayed it, you've, you've heard it on movies, television. I was watching a movie the other night and just out of the clear blue sky, here it goes. This guy says, do you know how to pray? And this guy who was not, life was not going to go well for him after this. And he goes, yes. And he starts praying the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is, without a doubt, the best known, probably, scripture as well. Uh, by, by mostly any person around. And so there's more in this than we realize. And when Jesus gave us this prayer, he gave it to us. The form of it is so beautiful, so efficient, but so full of exactly what... It's like taking your life and trimming it down to the essentials of life with God as well as you, what you need for life. This is the prayer for it. Most of the time when we pray, let's be honest, why do we pray? Well, it's two reasons. One, we're in trouble. <laughs> Don't you pray more when you're in trouble? I mean, you, you do, right? Let's just, we're friends here. You know, it's, it's like we call on God when we get in trouble. Or if we want something or need something, we start to pray. Those are usually the two reasons that we approach God. And, and I don't think they're bad reasons at all. I, I think in this prayer we'll see that you know, there's three petitions in this prayer, and it's, there's also three descriptions of who God is, or, or, you know, and so I think God understands that. So here's how we're going to start this. Uh, every Sunday, we want to pray the Lord's Prayer together, and so it's going to be up on the screen, and because I am the one speaking today, it's going to be in my version, because it's the one I've gotten, the one I've been praying for, uh, praying so long, this version, that it just, it can roll off my tongue easily. And so uh, there's two places in the scriptures where the Lord's Prayer, and they're a little bit different uh, in Luke and in Matthew. They're a little bit different. One's a, a little shorter, the one in Luke. Matthew's a little bit longer. And probably the one that you, if you know it, is probably the one you do know. I think that those two are two separate situations. I think that Jesus, he did it, he told us twice. I think, and because of the context, I, I, do, I don't think it's just a reiteration I think that there were both unique times that uh, Jesus gave us the prayer. So let's, uh, we're going to pray this prayer. Let's put it up on the screens. It's Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And uh, let's just start at Our Father. You ready? Here we go. Our Father.
even the text, the, that tag, the power and the glory forever and all, is you'll look down at the bottom of your Bibles and you'll see that that's added in some of the manuscripts. And so you don't see that straight in the text at times, but I like it. And since it is added in some of the uh, transcripts of the scriptures, I like to end it that way because this, this wonderful prayer starts with the kingdom and ends with the kingdom. ends with the king, with the power over everything. And so it's a great way to begin this. Well, to start this morning, and if you flip your hand out over, you'll see a fill-in on the back side. We want to start with the situation in Luke 11. And this is what it said. It said, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Father, would you bless our time together today as we start this new year? Lord, uh, as we look at how you taught your followers to pray, we pray you would teach us, just as you taught them, through your word, through the presence of your spirit too, Lord. And so... We rest now, and we listen now, and we ask for you to lead us. Lead us into prayer, Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in us, to voice the words that you want to hear, I feel like, God, from us. And so, Lord, you're welcome here in this brand new year of 2018. Come and teach us how to talk with you, how to come to you. And how to hear you. In Jesus name. Amen. Well in your fill in. Your first one is this. And I, I, I know I take a real simplistic approach. To looking at things. But this is how I can chew on it. So we're going to take this uh, Luke 11 verse apart. And it is, the first thing is this. Prayer is normal. It's not something odd. It's not an add on. It's not an addendum. Prayer is normal. It's a normal part of life. It's a normal part of Jesus and his disciples. I like it when it says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. It's like this happens all the time. But one day we saw him praying in a certain place and they're watching him pray. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. That means we can pray with confidence. This is not an extraordinary thing it's not something that uh, is strange to us it's a mystery for sure praying because we don't have God right in front of us like if I wanted to pray with my wife and Karen was here and we were praying we could look at each other it takes a huge step of faith to pray there's no doubt about it but we can pray and it's a normal part of being a Jesus follower is praying and these guys that were watching Jesus you know, they were like, this was normal for John, for John's disciples, John the Baptist. And since John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray, which means, if you think about it, that John's disciples prayed enough that other people saw them praying. And these people said, hey, he taught them, will you teach us? And that's a part of their culture at that time, too, is the rabbi, you know, he would teach his disciples, and they would learn, and they would do the things that he did. And what is Jesus doing? He's praying. And this is a normal part of life. It can be a normal, normal part of our lives. Number two, prayer is possible. Look at this. When he finished. Have you ever, 
Have you ever done something and you were like, I just wish I had an end date on this, you know, that you got. Churches are famous for this, right? We start things, but we never say it's going to end. We just keep going until people just kind of back out and then there's nobody left. And we're like, well, I guess we need to quit doing it. But this may sound blasphemous, but there is an end to Jesus's prayer. They actually saw him stop praying. It says when he finished, they said that to him. They asked him. So this should be some freedom to us, right? Because I know the scripture says also rejoice always and pray always, right? Always. And that means stay at it continuously. But it doesn't mean that 24 hours a day you are talking to God and not having a life. That's not what it means. It means you continue to pray as Jesus did. Staying there with the Father, finding a place. And so prayer is possible. It is not a mountain that you cannot climb. It's not even a mountain. It's an open invitation by God to say, come and talk to me. Just come and talk to me. And uh, again, I think it's so much easier to get started on something if I know it's okay for me to stop it at some point. And so I'm going to make this real entry level for us in praying because I do hear this quite often I don't know how to pray I've been with people and I say would you pray for us and they're like oh no no I don't I don't know how to pray I I don't know how well Jesus is teaching us how and one time I know this was in my early days I think it was at the first pastorate that I, I was serving at as a youth pastor and a associate pastor one guy asked me to pray, and this guy was like the most awesome prayer I'd ever heard in my life. And he was a visiting guy from uh, some other church, and we got him in for what was known then as revivals. You know how you used to schedule revivals? You know, like the Holy Spirit's going to come in three months on this day, that kind of thing. And uh, my theology's changed a little bit since then. But, uh, but this guy came in to town, and, and there we were in, with, in the church, and it was on a... One of the nights of revival, and he turns to me and he says, will you pray? And I'm like, there's at least 70 people here, (laughs) you know, whatever was in our little church. And uh, would you pray? And, you know, so I thought, man, this has got to be good. This has got to be good. I've got it. This is my moment in time. So I charged off with every, pulling up every dictionary word I could find. My mind was fluttering. And I got into it. I mean, I really did. I got into it. This is sounding pretty good. Forgetting about time, forgetting about it all. I just kept going on until I realized I had walked down a road that I could not find an exit from. <laughs> there was no way to stop this prayer, and it looked normal. And so I just kind of dribbled. Amen. Like that. If I'd have known then, what I know now is that it's okay to, to finish your prayer. It's okay to go, Amen. It's all right. So when you pray, what Jesus tells us to pray, yeah, pray as long as you want to. Pray as long. But don't feel like you have to go for the never-ending, forever prayer. And this is especially true when we're with one another. Right? My, uh, my family, on my mother's side, we have a reunion every year. And God bless his soul, my uncle. My uncle, every time we, we have... Uh, our lunch together every year, he so loves his family that in the prayer for the food, he would preach a hellfire and damnation sermon. (laughs) 
No lie. I mean, he would go on. We're all standing there, you know, and all this great food is sitting around the walls. And, you know, and he's like, and save them from hell, God, the burning wrath of your anger. And I mean, he would just go on and on and on until, you know, it would it just finally. And, and everybody would kind of drudge over to the table to eat. And one time they, they asked me to pray. And I just said, Lord, thank you for the food. Thank you for family. Blessed. Amen. And like everybody came over to me and said, would you do it next year? <laughs> would you please pray next year? You know. And so let's just kind of relax a little bit as followers of Christ, okay? Scripture even says he knows what we need before we even ask. But he sure does love for us to ask. And he sure does love to hear our voice. And he sure does like for us to zero in on him. And I think this prayer that Jesus gives us is just the, the best way to start. So prayers, prayer is possible. You know, there is a, there's a, that's your second one, I'm sorry. Prayer is possible because there is a finishing point to it. There's a time, and prayer is teachable is your third one. Lord, teach us. It is teachable. It is something that you can learn. And that, that may sound odd, but read the, this by you. What did they say? Lord, teach us to pray. It's, it's learnable. You can be taught how to pray. That's what this is about. And you can pray this prayer, and you can pray this prayer, and it be amazingly meaningful to you when you pray it. Or if you pray it with someone else, it can mean a whole lot. And that's what our journey for the next eight weeks or so is going to be about six to eight weeks. So it's... Prayer is normal. Prayer is possible. There's an ending to it. Prayer is teachable. Lord, teach us. And um, your fourth one there is prayer is learnable. It goes right along with the teaching. Just as John taught his disciples. They had already seen an example. Just as John had taught his disciples. Prayer is learnable. They saw something in John's disciples that said they had been taught how to talk to God. And now they're like, we want you to teach us. So this is a practical, practical series we're in. And it's taking these, this wonderful prayer of Jesus and uh, making it meaningful, meaningful for us. Uh, some of you have heard this before, but when I first started getting really serious, before I was, let's say this, before I was uh, just a surfer going from contest to contest, and I would pray from one contest, to one contest. To, like I'd go to Charleston to a contest and I'd pray the whole hour and a half down there. I didn't know what else to do. Nobody was teaching me what to do. I mean, I was 23 years old, 24 years old. I loved Jesus, but nobody taught me, but I just started talking to God. Hey, God, how you doing? You know, going to this contest. You know, I'm just married. Help me be a good husband. Blah, 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 blah. And just carry on this conversation all the way there and all the way back. But I ran out of words a lot of times. You know, then I'd start describing him and, and all and I needed someone that would help me. So our first church that we really got seriously involved in, uh, there was a man named Sam there. And, and Sam was like this amazing prayer warrior. I mean, I would look at him and you know, he was a big guy. And he used to be a bruiser of a man. He ran a pool hall. And in the 50s and 60s, if you ran a pool hall, he knew how to use a pool stick. <laughs> And I remember as a kid, six and eight years old, going into that pool hall and seeing him and thinking, that dude is awesome. You know, because he was big. He carried a half of a pool stick in his hand when he would walk around the room. And uh, 
But he came to Christ, and, and the change was amazing. And so one day I said, hey, Sam, can you teach me to pray? And he says, meet me at the church at 6 in the morning. And so I met him there. I had my notepad, and I had my Bible. And I, and I sat down, and he fell on his face and started praying. And I waited, and I waited, hour, two hours, three hours. You know, and he's just, then he got up, and Amen. Let's go. Like, man, where's the notes? I mean, what's going on here? He says, no, that's praying. That's praying. I have a lot in my heart today that I need to talk to God about, and that's just what I did. And that's all you, that's all you have to do, Tim. Just pour it out. Then I had another person. This, these are the different styles. Another man that came along at a very instrumental time in my life. Who, he wasn't the long-distance prayer. His name was Art. Art would take me to these brush arbor revivals, if anybody remembers those kind of things. And that was these little revivals all out in the country. He would take me and shove me out in front of everybody and have me give my testimony. And it was really unique back in the early 70s because I didn't look like anybody from out in the country back in the... You know, it looked like I crawled out under a rock. I mean, I had, you know, I had a beard. My hair was down to here. And I loved Jesus. And Art thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And uh, <laughs> so he would take me and he would shove me out and have me give my testimony. But when Art prayed, there was this amazing passion in his voice. I mean, he would grab hold, it seemed like, of God. He would grab him, and it wouldn't be that long. But his heart, but he, would, he would weep, he would laugh. And then when he finished, he'd wipe his nose, and he'd go, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know, and, and then we're off to the next meeting. There's no one way of doing this. But you have to, if you want to get the most out of your relationship with God, we have to find a way to do it somehow. We have to find a way to do it where others will look at us and go, teach me to pray. And this prayer is the easiest and the best way to do it. Because all you have to do is write it down in your, on a piece of paper, keep your Bible close by, memorize it and say, okay, let's pray. Our Father, have him go. Our Father, who art in heaven, who art in heaven. And walk them through it. Don't feel guilty for praying that prayer only because it's the one Jesus gave us to pray. Do that. Pray that prayer. Be free in that prayer and pray that prayer. Start there and see what God does, you know, what he, what he does from there. Uh, Jesus knows, he knows how we're wired. And matter of fact, this thought came to me uh, when I was putting this together is these disciples asking Jesus to teach them to pray and he gives them this wonderful, beautiful prayer but then just a few chapters over, when he's in the garden, what happens? Could you not stick with me one hour? I mean, these are his disciples, right? We think, I'm such a failure at prayer. No, you're not. The disciples weren't a failure. They were learning. Jesus was teaching them. Even at his most intense moment of need, when he needs friends with him, he had to walk it along by himself. His friends could not even stay awake one hour to pray with him. In the garden right before he was arrested. So that should give you great hope. These were Jesus' number one people. And they were snoozing on the job right when Jesus needed. Yeah. So he is very patient. He's also given us this Holy Spirit now. To prompt us. To move us. That Ezekiel passage where he will move us. The Holy Spirit himself will help us in our weaknesses. And another part of this is I love the Jesuit. You take a little bit of this and a little bit of that along through life and you learn some things. And the Jesuits had this 
way of praying, which they said, pray with one foot raised, which means I'm ready to go. (laughs) While you're praying, you know, Lord, what's next? (laughs) You know, and they were ready at any moment, go to Japan. Lord, what I do? Okay, go to Japan. Every time they prayed, ready to move. That's more like me. Like I'm constantly moving. And it's like, okay, Lord, what? Do this. That. That's okay, too. And it's okay to camp out on the mountain for 30 days and pray. That's good, too. This guy, Sam, fasted 30 days, nothing but water, at least three times in his life I know of. And he told me that on the 28th day, he had these amazing breakthroughs with God in his own life. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I, I haven't done that. I confess to you guys, I'm not that spiritual. I have not fasted 30 days, nor am I probably. This my wiring. And, but you know what? I love to talk to God. And he loves to hear my voice just like he loves to hear your voice. Ever how you're wired, God knows that. But he still gives you an invitation and he gives you this prayer as, come on, pray. Let's talk. So this prayer is, that's our beginning point. Um, you got three ways to get started. I, I wrote on the bottom of your handout here. And the first one is just that. Let's pray with each other. Pray with others. It's a good way to get started. And I, I will say more about this next Sunday. But if you look in that prayer, what do you see? It starts off with what our father, right? Plural, our father, not my father. This is a communal prayer. This prayer is meant to be prayed together. Our father. For the last few weeks, uh, some things in our life, I have been praying this prayer over and over. I don't know, sometimes maybe 10 times a day I've been praying this prayer. And I've been praying it in in a plural way because of people I love that I want to go with me in this. And I keep thinking of them and I keep praying, our Father, our Father. And I also know, just even from the Facebook page, many of you pray. Every time I put a post up there, many of you pray and it's our Father, we go together. So you're not praying this prayer alone. It wasn't meant to be prayed alone. It's meant to be recognized as an hour prayer, as a communal prayer. It brings us together. And look at this. It's our Father. Give what? Me? No, give us. Forgive who? Us. We forgive. We forgive. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's a plural prayer. It's one meant to be prayed in the church together with one another. And when we pray it together, I think there's amazing power in it. And I think God hears us as a church when we do that, as a family. You can do this together. Um, I posted this on the Facebook page, but some of you haven't heard this. And again, these these stories remind, this whole series is reminding me of, of times in my life when this prayer just kind of popped up and when I was 16, 17 years old, and definitely not a Christian, I was in a band, an orchestra that was touring Europe. And we were in Czechoslovakia. We went into Czechoslovakia, and when we got to the border, there were tanks parked, Soviet tanks parked all along the border, and soldiers. And so when our buses stopped, they put this guide on our bus. This guy in a black suit, little tie, 
And uh, he was to guide us through Prague, wherever we went. And plus, they went through all of our suitcases, we find out, and all of that. While we were in, in this beautiful old hotel uh, in the middle of Prague, Czechoslovakia, uh, one of our musicians, an oboist, she was a Jewish lady, first chair oboe player, she went to the local synagogue, and uh, she said it was... Windows were broken out. It was in disrepair. And when she left, rocks suddenly rained down out of windows on her. People were throwing rocks at her when she left the synagogue. Well, we were getting ready to leave. My roommate's name was Jim Pugh. And Jim, Jim went on to do great things. He's the trombone player with Steely Dan now. And has been the last 12, 15 years. And, but Jim and I, neither one of us Christians or anything. But before we left, I looked out the window and it was so dark. And it had this feeling just of oppression and I looked at Jim and I said, I feel like we need to pray for this place. And he says, yeah, that would be good. And what did we pray? Lord's Prayer. It's the only thing we knew. He didn't know any Bible. I didn't know any Bible. But I'd heard that before as well. So we probably mangled it. But God knew our heart. Because <laughs> I went into this closet thing they have built in those old rooms and closed myself off so he couldn't see me praying. And he went over in the other corner and we, we prayed this prayer. This prayer is known by so many people, but you know what's really important is it's known by Jesus, and it's known by God. He loves to hear this prayer from us. So let's start with others. Let's pray it just like we prayed it, and we'll pray it in just a moment to close out this morning. Pray it with your friends. Pray it with your roommate. Pray it with your children. Pray it with your spouse. When you run into someone from the church, pray it together. Let it become a natural part of life of us praying this beautiful prayer. And you know, I know it's our prayer. Jesus gave it to us. But it is really the Lord's prayer. It was his that he is giving to us to pray. So all the words are very important in this prayer. And so we pray them when we pray them together. Uh, that's one thing. The second thing is this. Pray with rhythm. Those, those of you who have it can... No, I have to tell you, we white people have a hard time finding the one and the three. Or the two and the four. We're just kind of in between on the rhythm. Now. But if you put your hand on your heart, you can feel some good rhythm. Right? Thank God for the rhythm. And you can pray like this. You can find a rhythm in the prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Find a rhythm in the prayer. I was watching a documentary on John Coltrane. You guys know who that is? Saxophone player. Great, amazing sax player. And when the bombings went on in Alabama and those little children were killed, Martin Luther King did this speech that was amazingly heartbreaking. If you go and listen to it. John Coltrane, who didn't write words, who was just a, just a great saxophone player, and he took Martin Luther King's words and the rhythm to that sermon, and he wrote a song called Alabama. And if you listen and put them side by side, you will hear his sax rise and fall with Martin Luther King's voice. He finds the rhythm in that song, Alabama, and he rides the rhythm of the sermon with the song. A beautiful way to memorize scripture, too. Find a rhythm. Find a rhythm in this prayer. 
and ride the rhythm. Use it. Make it your own. And pray. Let's pray with one another. Let's, let's ride the rhythm. And lastly, pray with purpose. It's just not, you know, just don't just say it. But when you say it, think of it. And, you know, there's three imperatives here about God in the very beginning. It puts all, all the, uh, the glory and the honor on him. That he's the one whom we are appealing to. He's the one we're praying to. Three imperatives that we'll unload starting next week. And then there's three requests. Three imperatives, three requests. These are the purposes. So like the first part of the prayer, our purpose is to say who God is. To glorify him. What are the ways you can do it? And I wrote it on the bottom half of your uh, fill-in there. Is you can take one day of the week and take just one part of the prayer each week. Just take our Father like on Sunday. Think our Father. Our Father and just meditate on that. And say our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your name Lord. Your name. This is the way I've been praying for the last few weeks in my life. It's the kingdom of God and where God resides is not way up in Mars or beyond there. It's another reality right through here. It's here right now. And sometimes Jesus breaks through the veil. Sometimes God breaks through that veil and makes himself known. That's, the, that's why we pray, your kingdom come. Let me bring your kingdom where everything is the way it should be into my reality right now. Your kingdom, your rule and your reign, what you want, Lord, may it come right here. And so we pray. And that's the way I see it. I see I'm reaching in and I'm going, Lord, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on the earth because... Your will is that nobody be sick. Your will is that there not be an orphan anywhere that doesn't have a family. Your will, Lord, is that everybody realizes how much you love them and how much you care. And that you pray that. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're the great one. You're the one that can answer this. Come here now. That's what Jesus taught us to pray. Now, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth now as it is in heaven. Because you get your way in heaven, Lord. Everything you want, you get in heaven. Now have your way here. Have your way here right now. And so we can take each part. We can take the Sunday and the Monday. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Holy is your name. Holy, separate, and awesome are you, God. Hallowed be your name. Your name, Lord. The name of which every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Hallowed be your name. The name that the Israelites couldn't even pronounce. So they... Y-H-W-H, they came up with that. There's no way to pronounce that. Because God is so holy and hallowed. That's who you are, God. But yet you have taught us to pray to you. And you take each part of this during the week and make a purpose for each part of this Lord's Prayer. Make sense? It's just to get you started. to kind of prime the pump for us as we get into this, this series, right? And every week we're going to unpack another part of this so that you can take that with you into your prayer each week. God wants to hear our voices. He wants to hear us pray to him. It's his desire. And you know what I think? I think he wants for his kingdom to break in more than we see it here too. I don't understand. It's a mystery to me. I, I don't understand all the dynamics, but I know this. When God has us pray a prayer like this, he intends to follow up or he wouldn't have given us this prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. As we start this new journey, this new journey, Lord, of learning to pray the prayer that you gave your best friends on this earth, we ask for your help. 
that each day we would pray this prayer with someone else. That we would begin to step out and just, just say your words that you gave us, Father. So while we're st- still praying here, can we, can we say it? We'll put it back up on the screens and, and let's pray it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.